Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We're your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones could stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, only one episode, but... It is that time of the winter, isn't it? It's Razzie Month. Razzie Month. With me as always, jumping before I introduce him, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Look at Drake's snake. I think that's fake Drake. Welcome, guys, to the movie mausoleum as we take a look at Good Morning, a film created by Modson. And Machine Gun Calais. <laughs> Noah is going to be particularly irritating and punchy this episode because we have a special guest with us. Uh, we have local singer-songwriter, Shawnee Houlihan. Hello. Hey, Sean. Hi. She's we have repre- the same last name. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. She is uh, representing people who like Mod Son and Machine Gun Kelly. Yes, I yes. am. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of this movie I didn't get. So I was like, let's bring in a Modson expert yes. to explain away the things that bothered me about this film. So we brought in Sean, and uh, she's here to uh, to tell us the ins and outs of this film. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> because you've seen Modson live twice or thrice? Two times, yeah. My third will be in March. Yeah, big mm-hmm. fan. Mm, big fan. Meeting him again. Uh, is he, in fact, the lock screen on your telephone? He is, and I also have a tattoo for him. Oh. You knew this. Yeah, the people listening don't, so I have to act interested. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that... Right, so we're not brother and sister right now. No, we are, but the... Uh, you know who's not uh, your brother? Yeah. The person listening to this who doesn't know anything okay, about Okay, I'm you. sorry. Go All Birds. Right. Um, right, hold on, hold on. Am I ready? Go Birds. <sighs> so, tell us a little bit about this tattoo. Uh, so my son has a happy to be here tattoo tattooed across his stomach. So I have the exact same tattoo on the back of my arm. Ah, all mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Couldn't commit to getting and it on your stomach, which hurts a lot. I wanted to, but I was really worried about how much weight I was gaining. And I was like, that's not going to look good. So I put it somewhere that will look good. Okay, cool. So not, not planning to work on that tricep. Not really. Soon. No. Yeah. Keep as is. So are you happy to be here in... The movie mausoleum to talk about this film? It's the best day of my life. All right, excellent. Also, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. So we might start rushing at some point. Mm-hmm. So we usually start with a little segment we like to call Pour One Out. Are we drinking? Do you guys have anything to drink? So... I have a um, I have a cocktail derived from plants, and it's called the Flower Shower. Oh, it's also called coffee. Oh, nice. Laura has a lovely coffee. It has oat milk in it, though, not goat milk. That's a joke. There you the go. Film, it is kind of. Yeah. As far as anything is a joke in this film, outside of the film itself <laughs> being kind of a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. I-, I don't have a cocktail because I feel like, based on the events of this film, the idea of wasting alcohol would be something that would be very much a guest. Mm-hmm. So Perhaps. we won't be pouring one out. What, what are you drinking? There, um, I have a nice liquid IV. It's passion fruit flavored. Oh, um, 
honor my passion for Matsun. Excellent. Excellent. Give it a fun name. Uh, we'll call it the Fruit Loop Snorkel. Sure, the Fruit the fruit Loop Snorkel. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Sean has picked up what the theme of the cocktails are very quickly. Yeah, yeah. You're, um, you're right on board on this. Uh, whatever you happen to already be drinking and BSing it into a cocktail. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, let's... So the opening of this movie is a little bit confusing, because uh, there's a bit with a tarot card mm. that I thought was a... Um, was a bumper for a distribution company or a yeah. production house. Mm. And then the card starts to flutter through the opening credits. And I was like, oh, nope, should have been paying attention to that. Because I definitely assumed it was just like an ident. Yeah, I thought it was kind of like the like the lion roaring at the beginning. Right, of yeah, that makes sense. Like that. But I was like, no, we're jumping right into this. Which is super confusing, which means like... No company made this. It was just made was by just two that. guys. So, yeah. Shawnee, did you did you happen to catch who the woman in the tarot card was? I believe it was Apple. Okay, I, that's what I suspected. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to be like, is that who it was? I believe it was Apple. Because yes. I retroactively was like, oh, I think that was the actress playing Apple. Mm-hmm. But it was unclear. Yeah, and she's blindfolded and then there's like swords around her. Like, did are tarot cards important to Mod Sun or something? As far as I know, no, but maybe to MGK. Okay, okay. It's the the Eight of Swords. The Eight of Swords. Uh, It is a card that means you feel restricted or trapped by your surroundings, which sort of makes sense because so much of this is London Clash, which, terrible name. Uh, London Clash feeling very hemmed in by the life he has created for himself. Yes, Mm -hmm. So it does actually make perfect sense retroactively, but if you watch too many movies and you're just like, ah, this is just a, like, I thought it was the ident for open road pictures. It wasn't. And then I had to go back and pay attention to it. Yes. Uh, We get like this opening sequence and this is rare that this bothers me. The opening sequence has like the actors in the film in it Mm -hmm. and it spoils a lot of jokes because in your opening sequence, it's like Avril Lavigne, mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman. And that's a bummer. Yeah. And I know that it's all contracts mm-hmm. and like it's something they're required to do. But like a lot of reveals are spoiled right. because of this opening For sequence. me, that didn't matter because I already knew those people were in it because I was fans of who wrote it. So like I knew already before watching it. Like they had already been like, yo, Dennis Rodman's here. Yeah. Like, yeah, they would like post... Mm-hmm. that they were in it. So you so. followed the whole creation of this film, yes. like, on what, his Instagram? Yes, or? for okay. sure. <laughs> I, the first time I had heard of this film was because he posted a nude on Instagram. And most of the things I've learned about Machine Gun Kelly have been decidedly against my will. Yeah. Uh, and that's how he promoted this film, was like, I'm naked, see my movie. <laughs> yeah, and every woman in the world besides you was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? You are the one woman on the planet that is not attracted to Machine Gun Kelly. I, yeah, you're the one percent. But so we open on someone named Apple texting. Uh, I wish I didn't have to do this through text. Good morning. Morning is spelled with a U. Yes, and he looks at his phone. He's like, "Who's this? Oh, it's Apple." My immediate thought was, 
oh, it's like a notification mm-hmm. from the company Apple on his iPhone. <laughs> and it took me a minute to be like, oh, wait, that's a person. Do you think that that was like their intent, though? Like hot first joke right out, right out of the box. I don't, I don't think it was, what I don't think, think the that's joke the joke. Is? <laughs> Can you define joke real quick? Your opinion of MGK. <laughs> you can't see me, but I did a dance. Of, yeah. That's a joke. That was a great joke. See, that was a solid joke. Well constructed. I, well I, done. I don't think that's what it is. Cause there's something that happens later. And I was like, oh, there's some sort of like theming that's going on here that kind of gets lost in a minute. But I, I think there is deeper meaning to the name Apple that isn't that joke. Okay. 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 I want you to understand. Sean is sitting there and her body language is just like, say something. (laughs) Say something negative about this film. I mean, I've been harassed since we started. (laughs) So my walls are up. (laughs) The the walls are up. The walls are up on this one. Uh, So he immediately calls her back, leaves a voicemail, and says the fairly relatable, I haven't left a voicemail in five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is funny because another character later says that. Uh, he immediately Googles the word morning, which I think he does for the benefit of his potentially stoned audience. That like, because it, it's established that his character, London, knows what the word morning means, but he immediately Googles it. And I feel like it's... Yo, our audience does not know what this word means. Or or potential foreshadowing for later to say. And there's a song called Good Morning, Today Might Suck. Yep. This this I was wondering if you knew anything about the song. Uh, yes. actually, so I was thinking about it today and I it's I looked it up. It's like not available for me to listen. Like there's no soundtrack. Wow, that sounds like a super misstep for Unless I'm wrong. Yeah, like I thought this movie was to sell a soundtrack. Well, yeah, because I didn't think we'll definitely the, get more into that. I didn't think the soundtrack was terrible or anything like that, but I will say, "Good Morning" specifically sounds like Blink One Eighty Two's "This Is Growing Up." Okay. Good morning. Good morning. It's Would, all right to tell me yeah, what you think. A little bit, which makes perfect sense in context because later they talk about how, like Blink One Eighty Two, how Adam Song was. Machine Gun Kelly's character's favorite song yep. growing up. And Travis Barker was probably on the drums of that Good Morning song. Oh, really? He was probably just also hanging around on set. Like, yeah. I'm, I was actually legitimately surprised we never saw him. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a little piece in there. Mm. Yeah, but that's, they're like best friends, so. We we see Machine Gun Kelly in the shower. Yes, we do. And <laughs> um, the flower shower. Yeah, he's taking a cold shower. Because he pulls on this, like, self-help calendar where every day it gives you a different tip. Mm-hmm. So it tells him that, like, taking a cold shower reduces anxiety. And he does not enjoy it, but he then pulls the button for the flower shower and hot boxes in a cold shower? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how the science of that works. Well. It's still humid. Yeah. I think, well, I think that it's just if you're in, like, an enclosed area and you're smoking, it's you're getting... Yeah. You're getting boxed in with that smoke. I, I want to be honest with you. I didn't realize that's what was happening until Laura explained it to me. I was like, oh, he's got like a perfume shower. Oh, it's going to yeah. make him smell nice. How lovely. It made him smell like something. But... <laughs> dude. My dude. 
So we find out it's the morning after the finale of his show Good Bad People has aired. Mm. And by all accounts, the finale is bad. Yes. Uh, it's compared to Game of Thrones and... Lost. Lost, Lost. bad. Yeah. Uh, which at least it's not How I Met Your Mother bad. Yeah. So it could be worse. That was, that's a step too far. <laughs> Uh, and then he talks about how uh, cold showers really do cause shrinkage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And this this is a lot done in voiceover. Yes. And it's very banal at this point. Like, it's very much like a monologue of I am 14 and this is D. I will say, I need to say this. The narration in this film is better than Disney's Pinocchio. It yes. makes more sense, it's more coherent, and it's more consistent. That's a big win. This is it's a big win. It's a big, it's a big, big win. win right there. So then uh, he talks about how Apple is all he thinks about, and she's the first person he has said I love you to, and she has not yet responded to his texts and voicemail. And then we meet Dylan, and we get a microwave point of view shot mm-hmm. that I cannot believe Sean survives. I... So I rewatched it, obviously, and I just skipped through that part. It was hard for me, too, because, like, of who it was. Like, I couldn't separate Matsun from Dylan at the moment, and I was like, why would you do that to me? All right, so Sean's an emetophobe. I sure am. Uh, She doesn't like uh, uh, Upchuck. You can say it (laughs) at this point in my life. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's Sean's least favorite thing in the world, Mm -hmm. and the idea that in this scene... Her favorite person is looking into the camera and projectile vomits into it. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe Sean is still here. And she didn't just melt into a puddle. It was a rough time. We had to pause. (laughs) Cried a little bit. I never I didn't see it coming. Like and I No, it's very sudden. Yeah, but I feel like I should have been like on guard the whole time because it's like a stoner movie and like people get sick. Yeah. But I was just so excited to see him and then (laughs) Yeah. I'm just imagining you like inches from the screen, like, Monson's on screen now. I mean pretty much. That's, (laughs) That's pretty much what it was. Yeah, it was rough. So then uh, Dylan gets some cereal and he passes out in his cereal. Yes. And then we see a crop top bandage top, like barely holding a woman's chest in. And this is actually, later on I will understand why this shot is used. But initially I'm very irritated because this is a very common thing to do in comic books where you don't see a woman's face. You just see sexualized parts of her body. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's because they wanted to reveal who the actor was. Mm, yeah. But at first, it very much rubs me the wrong way because I'm just like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she gets him a snorkel, which I do think is it, probably at this point the best joke so far yeah. of the very blasé way this woman just picks up his head, right. does not put his head down on the table, yeah. which is just as easy to have done. Right. <laughs> snorkel. Because I definitely screamed at the screen, that man's going to die. I didn't know it was Mod Son yet. Yeah. But I was like, that man's going to die. And I need to just, this is a little thing who bothered me. Mm-hmm. The box of cereal mm-hmm. is listed as kids. And it's clearly a box of tricks. Okay. Which is a reference of like, tricks are for kids. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that's funny. But the bowl he's eating of is Fruit Loops. Yeah. So I was like, it's weird that you put that much thought into it and then screwed it up in the bowl. Which is clear. Like, you could have gotten away with this many different ways. So I'm pretty sure I can figure out what happened here. Okay. They probably bought the box of tricks as a prop. 
Uh, someone probably just ate it. Ate the box yeah, of trees. I think everyone on set may have been using marijuana for a lot of the production of this film. Possibly. And I don't think the uh, boxes of cereal had a good survival rate. Mm-hmm. So then we meet his new assistant, played by Dove Cameron. Uh, her name is Olive. This is so blatantly Dove Cameron trying to be like, I'm not a Disney Channel person anymore. Please take me seriously as an actor. Yeah. Uh, she's not, I will say she's not falling into the very common Disney Channel trap of playing an immediately extremely sexualized person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's very much an adult movie. I think the thing I can compare this to is Emma Watson in This Is The End. In This Is The End, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another like very adult film where she's playing an adult character in an adult film, but doesn't immediately have to go straight to the overt sexualization. Yes. Uh, she brings him a coffee. Yes. And then we meet Leo, London Clash's best friend. Slaps that coffee right out of his hands. Yes. And he's also why he needs a new assistant every month. Right, yeah. We get the impression that London burns through assistants. Mm-hmm. Because the people in his... Maybe not because of London himself, but the people he surrounds himself by. Correct. Uh, so they're really mean to her. We find out that she made it with goat's milk because she read an interview that he liked goat's milk. Yeah. But, but he, he likes oat, oat milk. milk. Yep. <laughs> All right. So here, here's the two things I want to say about one, Olive is dressed as if she is meant to be a female Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Yes, that's very much the outfit. Like, brown skirt, green shirt. I mean, I think she just looked, like, professional. Right? I mean, she didn't look unprofessional, but, like... She is not into like, the they didn't. They didn't give her, like, buttons to make her seem uptight or something. It's, yeah. like, the exact colors of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. And I was like, that's weird. And two, as soon as she showed up, I was like, oh, he's going to end up with her. Ah. Because apple is a fruit. Right. Olive is a vegetable. And I was like, okay, so we're doing this thing kind of like, what is that, 500 Days of Summer? Yeah. Where at the end he ends up with Autumn or whatever. I was like, okay, we're doing some sort of name. Conceit. Conceit here. I was like, okay, this is interesting. And that just kind of goes away. Yeah, I never, I didn't get that vibe. You didn't get that vibe? No, I don't know why. Well, I'm going to let you know, like, a big thing about this is I'm going to have put way too much thought into it. Yeah. And the answer is probably going to be, uh, we wrote it, we filmed it. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) I don't know, though, because they are deep. They're deep people, especially Mazan. Okay. So, like, maybe there was some sort of, like, significance to it that I could find I, in a second. I was about to say, if there was, I feel like you'd know. <laughs> That's the actual Maybe. So, Leo kind of just, like, co- London talks to Leo about his problems, and uh, Leo just kind of has, like, crystals and stuff and sets his curtains on fire. Mm-hmm. So, they, they put out the fire, and they go get Kennedy, mm-hmm. the last roommate. Yes. Kennedy is the person who was wearing the crop top bandage top earlier. And the reveal is that she is Megan Fox, who until very recently was Machine Gun Kelly's fiance wife? Fiance. Fiance. Yeah. Fiance. And uh, she was a fitness entrepreneur. Uh, and I actually love the cutaway of her like Peloton-esque app. Yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> get skinny, bitch. Yeah. Come on, you sweaty bitch. Get mad. I am mad, bitch. 
You real mad? How mad are you, bitch? <laughs> yeah. I, I would love that, I think. Well, that's also, I'm not saying you stole it or anything, but they also do that as a uh, an SNL sketch where it was like Hurtful Peloton. Oh, really? Yeah. And like... This what, is probably lateral yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or the the parallel thinking thing. But yeah, SNL does one where it's Bo and Yang and <laughs> the girl's just on the bike like, how am I doing? And Bo and Yang just like shoots dirty looks and then just goes away. Oh no. <laughs> like, no, come back. I'm working yeah, so hard. Please, please come so, on. We work our so paths of aggressive coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, Get Skinny Bitch is great. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> so Kennedy hates all of them. Mm-hmm. Just every single one of them. And she kind of goes through uh, why she hates them all. And she's moving out. Mm -hmm. And she is moving to the house across the street. Yes. Yes. And we, we find out a little bit more about London's relationship with Apple. We find out that she was a child star who won an Oscar. He's crazy about her. He gets her on the phone and asks about the text. And his phone disconnects when a character we never see again... Throws a water bottle at him. Water balloon at him. Yeah, sure be right. Oh, thank God. Who is this person? He's a rapper. Explain him to me. He's friends with MGK. He's a rapper. They have songs together. He, I actually, when I saw MGK, Trippy was the opener. So it was just like a cute little with cameo. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's all. Okay, but like... He has significance to fans of MGK. Okay. You know? Like, you wouldn't know him. No, I don't. That's why you're right. here. <laughs> he's not an actor. He's a rapper. Okay. All right. Cool. Yes. I, I need to say, it's driving me crazy. You're calling him MGK. <laughs> why? Because what's the, the other band? MG. MT? Yeah. MT. No. I keep thinking of that. I was like, to pretend? You want me to call him Colson? Go I, forward. I was calling him MGK yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm just saying right now, it's confusing me. I'm but sorry. I was establishing that. For the listeners gotcha. who are probably going through the same experience. So, thank Tri- Trippy tells him the finale was seven days. I thought that was funny. Week? Week? That's hilarious. It's a good burn. It's a good burn. I wrote it down. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, I did research here. And that's why I was like, why is this all in caps? I had done some research about uh, this film being based on a true story loosely. Yeah. Uh, Megan Fox sent this text to Machine Gun Kelly at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, good morning. And he, it was, uh, it was an accident, but he spiraled and wrote the movie to keep himself from like freaking out. He's very sensitive. Yeah. You, okay. Whoa. I just feel like there's like this thought process that you guys have that he's like not intelligent. He's like a dumb rock star, but like. It's very... To be entirely fair, if this was your only impression of him. My my only impression of him is this movie and the time that Kevin Owens powerbombed him off a stage through a table. And the time Steve-O slapped him into a pool. (laughs) Okay. Yes. All right. That's really all all I know. You know, let's just continue. (laughs) So then Olive brings him a towel and for the only shot, she's very blatantly not wearing a bra. Like... It's very jar- oh, it's yes. very weird because she doesn't look like this at any other point in the film. Oh, I did not notice. Oh, I, I noticed uh, Olive's nipples. Yeah, and I, I wondered if there was a reasoning behind it. 
And I wonder if there had been rewrites of like, was there a point where Olive was a possible alternate love interest? Mm. Uh, especially in how she's presented in the poster. She's presented in this very like, looking over her shoulder, you're looking at her butt pose. That's usually like a seductive pose. So I wondered if there was a draft where Olive was a potential love interest. Yeah. Maybe. I, I... I'm trying to remember her nipples and I just don't remember ever seeing. <laughs> uh, and then Leo screams that the rice that Olive puts uh, London's phone in better be organic. Yes. Yeah, that's a nice little callback that they do a few uh-huh. times. Yeah. I like that. So London starts begging Kennedy not to move out. And he's like, why don't you care? Dylan is drowning. My girlfriend's leaving me. Leo committed arson half an hour ago. Oh, and no, I don't care. Because you're like 30. Time to grow up. And I was like, yes, yes to this. Yes to all. Yes. And he calls her the best roommate, talks about the time she changed his tire. She taught him how to tie a tie. And at this point, the theme of this film seems to be that the women surrounding this man are very, very competent. And that's the only reason this guy's still alive. It's very clear to me that Machine Gun Kelly and or Modson had a Kennedy in his life. Mm-hmm. Like, just some girl that was around. I think that it's from. Megan Fox. You think it, it's meant 100%. to be? 100%. Okay. 100%. Based on... But there's the... It's very clear in the story that there is no romantic relationship right. between these characters. Because uh, Kennedy likes girls. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like... There's a few things that are said between these characters that are very, like, at face value, horrible. But you could tell that, like, these two are such good friends that this is a thing you can do. Right. And I was like, oh, this is written for someone. And Yeah, like, Kennedy is clearly somebody. It's, it's a... Com- or a combination of somebody's. Yes. It's a complicated relationship that you can't really get across in 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of makes it look like oh, you're just bad to this person. Right. Then I just think it's not, it doesn't click right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I do think that Kennedy is, like, is Megan Fox to, to MGK. Like, just based on how he, like, spoke about her and, like, their relationship and how, like, Kennedy's always there teaching and, like, making Mm -hmm. sure he's like, stays alive and everything. That's very much in line with, like, actual real-life MGK and Megan Fox. Okay. So that's that's at least what I always thought. I mean, you would would know more than I. (laughs) It's true. So then we get the other big plot point. We meet Angel, who's another one of his best friends. And London is in the running to be the next Batman. Yes, Batman. So he wants to do some self-tapes. And what we get next is a montage of bad open mic per impersonations. (laughs) And I kind of get it. Because I think they're trying to get across that London Clash is not actually a very good actor. Mm -hmm. So, because there's no planet someone thought these were good. Yeah. But I think that I think it's intentional. I think London Clash is not supposed to be that good of an actor. Yeah, like his Ace Ventura is not great. Anyone know the number to nine one one? Oh. No. Yeah. 
I think that it was, it was supposed to be, like, cringy. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, I, I think, can't believe I'm watching these self-tapes. Like, this is bad. Yeah, like, I think he's supposed to be a bad actor yeah. in, in, like, the universe of the film. Right. So, Olive walks in to inform him that he has to go because he has a meeting with his agent regarding this role. Mm-hmm. And they get into their safety pin covered car. That looks like the extrapolation of the year 2004. So that is Monson's car. Wait, okay. So this is real. No, it's definitely someone's real car. It's real. No Safety is MGK and Monson's clothing brand. Oh, I thought it was a bit. No. Does Megan Fox actually have Get Skinny Bitch? No, I wish. That would be cool. (laughs) But no, but that car exists and No Safety is a... Clothing brand that they run together. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. shocked that car exists. This movie did not have the budget to have bought a new car. <laughs> new I mean, this movie did not. Have <laughs> it's okay to admit this movie didn't have a budget. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not I like just think that a slight on the film. There was not money. Sure, but they have a lot of money, so I think oh, they yeah. could have done it if they wanted to. Yeah. You know, but it already existed. So, so why bother? Let's just whip it around. Yeah. We also established Sabrina, who is London stalker, mm-hmm. who's just sitting outside the house. And everybody, including Angel, who was driving, smoke weed in the car. And we then meet Maxine. The mm-hmm. best character in this film. And she's okay. played by Whitney Cummings. She's <laughs> played by Whitney Cummings. And it is at this point where I realize how much of this movie is completely improvised. Oh, yeah. Whitney Cummings is all over the place in this film. I'm I pretty sure her. Whitney Cummings was never given... Any real dialogue. I think she was told just like, you do you, bud. <laughs> and so she gives him the Batman script. And he asks, like, how did you get this? She goes, Google me. That's how I got it. And I was like, ooh, yeah. 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 So he has a meeting with the director at 5 p.m. But he can't today. He might He's be sad. getting dumped. He's sad. And Maxine does not care. <laughs> well, Maxine. She goes, money will never break your heart. That hoe is loyal. You feel me? Yeah. And all of the other guys are like, no. Feel you, feel you. (laughs) Or my absolute favorite line, which is, you're going to this meeting. I didn't give this guy a handjob at the Pluto Nash premiere? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, to invoke the name of Pluto Nash, one of the worst films ever made. I got a moderately successful TV actor for Batman in front of not one, but two Hemsworths. <laughs> yeah, she, had, she just has gold through this entire Yes, scene. I'm guessing it's Liam Hemsworth and the Hemsworth they made up for The Good Place. So they're talking about... <laughs> so they're talking... And he's trying to choose between love and pursuing Apple and pursuing his dream of Batman. And Maxine says... I get that. I'm going to ask you a question. And I hope you answer it better than Josh Hartnett did. Do you want to be in love? Or do you want to be the biggest star in the fucking world? Which is a great bit. Because mm-hmm. Josh Hartnett, like, was the it boy for, like, two years. Yeah. And then kind of just disappeared. Right. So I thought that was a good, kind of a great, like, weird movie business pull. Mm-hmm. Wait, Pete Davidson's in this movie. <laughs> and then my next note, of course he's in this movie. Yeah. Yes, of course. We meet him. He is a hotel doorman. Very. Very. Berry, yes. Berry. Again, a fruit name. Fruit. Like, yeah. I was like, what are we doing with the food names? Mm. <laughs> like, what does this mean? Yeah. I don't know. Like, clearly there's a meaning here. Yeah, there's there's a, a puzzle to be solved, but I don't get it. 
there's a piece of me that thinks they were placeholder names that just never got replaced. It could be. Or are they like marijuana strains? Potentially. Mm. So they get to Apple's house. She's not home. And then London breaks into Apple's Wait, house. Wait, we're not going to talk about Barry anymore? Oh, we can talk about Barry. Yeah, if you got stuff to say about Barry. Yeah, do you have notes on Barry? I just thought it was great. I <laughs> thought he was great. No? I liked him. I, I was going to talk about hilarious. I was going to talk about him more when we see him later. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Because this is really just introducing him, establishing he exists, and that he's good at pulling people out of a bad trip. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Continue. That's all Sorry. we really need to know now about mm. Barry. So they get to his house. Get to Apple's house. She's not home. London breaks in, knocks his foot in her toilet, and then tracks toilet water all over her house. And then tells Leo and Angel not to touch anything because she's OCD. Mm-hmm. The toilet water everywhere. So my next note is, so you're tracking toilet water all over. People are not allowed to wear shoes in my home. Yeah. yeah. I did not, uh, believe it or not, I did not enjoy the OCD term. The little uh, not in there because... That's not what OCD is. No. Obviously. <laughs> um, I would know. My, my girlfriend's super OCD. She hates when three men break into her yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. like one of her things. Yeah, that was one thing I didn't really enjoy about the movie because mm. it's just creating this like fake narrative around OCD. But yeah, o- OCD like is still one of those terms mm. where like. An adjective. People yes. An adjective. It's, it's just yeah. an adjective. Yeah. And it's not. <laughs> No, it's, it's certainly really not. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's very difficult when there are obsessive compulsive issues that you have. Mm-hmm. When people say like, oh, yeah, I'm OCD. And you're like, bro. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. OCD you doesn't know mean in your house. Like, OCD means that I lock the door 50 times before I go to bed. Yeah. Or the world's going to end. Like, yeah. And like a lot of, uh, like a lot of people who suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder actually don't have entirely clean surroundings. Oh, yeah. Because they know it's triggering for them and uh-huh. they will never be able to get it clean enough. Yes. Yep. One of my favorite things that I write about OCD is like OCD isn't that I always have to take my trash out. It's that I can't touch the trash because I'm so afraid of it. Right. Like that is actually mm-hmm. what it is. It has nothing to do with being clean. It has to do with I'm unable to touch it. Yeah. Because it's, it's dirty. It's, it would have been super easy to just use the phrase neat freak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, you didn't have to say yeah. anything else. Yeah. So I was disappointed in that, but whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're tracking toilet water all over her house, mm-hmm. which like if she has any contamination mm-hmm. issues, which are not entirely exclusive to obsessive compulsive disorder, you could have contamination mm-hmm. issues without that. Um, I would murder my boyfriend yeah. if he was getting toilet water all over my house. Pretty gross. Um, so we also see flowers from someone called Luca that says, you looked beautiful last night. Ooh. And then Leo immediately picks up a vase and breaks it, and it's an urn. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's a cousin no one liked. Yeah. I thought that was like, funny. I thought funny. it was funny, too. They all balk at picking up human remains, and then the whole shelf collapses, and there are ashes everywhere. And and London just yells, yo, you just re-killed her entire family. Yes. Why does one family member have all of these ashes? Uh, I, you know, I thought about this, too, when I was watching. And it uh, is it just because she's, like, rich and famous? like That, that you get... Yeah, the richest member of the family gets the remains of everything. Not that, but, like, did she pay for everything? Uh, maybe. You know, maybe. so, like, she was like, I want these 
in my house because I paid mm. for everything. I don't know. Because it is weird. There's a lot of ashes going on. Well, I want to say is they're like, we got to fix this. But like the events that take place is uh, Leo is his name? Yes. Leo drops the first uh, vase and it ashes mm. go everywhere. And then they're just kind of looking at the shelf and, and the shelf collapses. Like you could have easily left and then Apple would have came home and been like, oh my God, the yeah. shelf collapsed. Uh, yeah, it's very true. All on its own. You know who wouldn't think like that though? A stoner. That's true. <laughs> That is uh, I mean, in these types of movies, if anyone makes a good decision, the movie falls apart. Yeah, the movie ends. And that's all of these, like, kind yeah. of stoner uh-huh. movies. If you have, it's, it's a rule of the genre yeah. uh, that if the, usually there's one or two characters who make sound decisions. Mm-hmm. And there's usually a way that they are written out. For instance, Kennedy is moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. That there's a way to kind of bring a character like Kennedy or Olive in and out of the story to push the story along yeah. without having them there to actually um, fix things, yeah. make things work, stop things yeah. from happening. They're there to fix things. Yeah. But they're there after it's gotten broken because we want to watch it get yeah. broken. Right. Yeah. It's also a big crux of this movie that he can't get in touch with Apple because his phone is broken mm-hmm. and no one else has Apple's phone number, uh-huh. which they establish. Yeah, like they yeah. do like. Well, Leo's like, I would never have a phone number. Yeah. It's like, I'm, yeah, I'm your but, boy. Like, yeah. Well, I also like, I don't know, if I was a famous Oscar winning actress and my boyfriend had all these loser friends, I don't think I'd have to give any of them my phone number either. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, so good speaking point. of Olive, the next thing we see is her using a leaf blower on all of the men to de-ash them. Yes. And talking about how she's about to get London a new phone. So we then meet the last member of the party. This is Fat Joe. He is a skateboarder. He is a real life skateboarder. Who is neither fat nor actually named Joe. Yeah. Yeah, he just gets so high that he leans back. Yes. Do you know anything about Fat Joe? I actually don't. He is really a skateboarder. Really? Interesting. Are they boys? Yeah. yeah, Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Never seen him. I'd imagine everyone in this film is boys. Never seen him. It's interesting. Okay. So the only ash that has a similar consistency to human remains for the sake of this story is marijuana ash. So they buy a ton of marijuana and they are going to smoke all of it and make enough ashes to fill all the urns. You, you skip the, the drug dealer that only has different variations of blue marijuana. Yeah, including like mm-hmm. including some really funny ones like yeah. Blue Cantrell, yeah. Blue which Cantrell. is uh, the songwriter behind the classic Hit Em Up style. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have Blue Dreams, Blue Balls, Blue's Clues. Blue Man Group, Blue Ivy, Blue Cantrell, and You're My Boy Blue. Blue Ivy, uh, I think Blue Abadiba Abadai would have been in there. Was it? If it wasn't, it should have been. It should have been. (laughs) And this was before that weird song that uses that. I'm Good? Yeah. The worst song of the year. The new version of it. Have you not heard this song? No. How have I heard a song you haven't? It's just like... It, it's it's the song I'm Blue, uh-huh. and it's called I'm Good, parentheses blue. And it's this girl, and the lyrics are, I'm good, yeah, I'm feeling Oh, right. yeah, I know that one. <laughs> and this fucking time of my life. Something like that. Can I curse? Sorry. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> what we can't do is play actual songs. <laughs> you were going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing this for the example. I know you're going to cut this. 
Okay. Whoops. So, uh, then there's a song called I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner, I am stoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think the messaging message of song this is. song is? Well, I mean, to me, mm-hmm. it was very artistic. <laughs> no. yeah, I mean, yeah. it was literally just about being high. Ah, deep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. I think it was written for the movie, maybe. Yeah. It could have been. I don't really know, actually. Maybe it is a real song. I mean, it is a song. It exists. Right, but I, I mean, like, I don't know if it was, like, on a record. Yeah. All right, okay, gotcha. Like, if it wasn't written for the movie, or... So then they get super high, and there's two moments where they show, like, a method, where it's the snork, where they hotbox Dylan mm-hmm. through his snorkel, because mm-hmm. he's still there, and then the four fingers of death, where they have a blunt between each of each their fingers, fingers and yeah. are smoking it, and they kind of look like the graphics from uh, Birds of Prey, the fantabulous yes. emancipation of one Miss Harley Quinn. Yes. But they do it twice. Yeah. Never again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, what, what don't they do again? The, the, the quick what, graphic up, like, oh, the, oh, oh, the oh, four, four fingers of death. And... Oh, yeah. And I, I almost feel like it would have been really funny to have those kind of graphics throughout the movie. Yeah. It just seems like a very strange thing that it happens only twice because of the comedy rule of threes. Yeah. Oh, wait, it does happen three times. My bad. Yeah, because there's the big one. The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. Yeah. The big leaf, yeah. Uh, we also find out that Kennedy is into women and tells the men, quote, you gotta let that dream die. Mm. Uh, she helps them. She rolls a hilariously huge joint. Mm-hmm. And she and London have a little bit of a heart-to-heart where she calls him, quote, a stupid blonde boy. And then ask him if he's crying. Are you crying? Look like you're crying. Your eyes are watering. I'm so high. Can so we smoke- also, sorry, can we also touch on how she's smoking? And like all of the smoke coming out of her mouth is like super fake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like. Whoa. I mean, she's the only one like clearly with a prop mm-hmm. because it's so big. Well, yeah, it's like. Yeah. Literally like the size of my forearm. Yeah. yeah I have. Yeah, I have reservations. I'm not really sure if Monson was smoking. You don't think Monson was smoking? Um, I'm not sure. You don't think he was smoking through the snorkel while he was face down in the <laughs> cereal? So you know, I I honestly don't remember seeing Monson smoke throughout the whole film. He's sober. Okay, but he was smoking weed for a little bit, and I'm not sure where like the timelines line up for the filming. But we'll we'll get into that more. I have I have more to say about that later on. I mean, I think there's a very good chance that even if other people, even if he wasn't sober in this point in his life, mm-hmm. he may have remained sober to direct the film. To direct the film, yeah. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, it's very common to use prop mm-hmm. drugs in these kinds of situations. In fact, it would actually be very uncommon for them to actually be getting high on camera. Yeah. Uh, because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so, then they smoke down the hilariously large blunt, and we get a scene where the lobster begins to speak to Fat Joe. I have so many questions. Is one of them how they spent $50,000 on two lobster puppets they never use again? They spent $50,000 on those lobster puppets? Yes, and Machine Gun Kelly has confirmed the current whereabouts of the lobster puppets are unknown. No, no, they lost the lobster puppets. No one knows what happened to the lobster puppets after they filmed. Interesting. And that's... It, we know about the lobster puppets from the outtakes at the end, because we did watch all the way through. Mm-hmm. 
There were supposed to be like Muppety looking puppets. One, how do those puppets cost $50,000? Like I know people who do Muppet replicas for less than a grand a piece. So some puppet maker was taking them for a ride. Yeah. Are we like sure they spent that much money? That's what he said. Eh. That's the only like. Was he a liar? No, he said that when? Like in an interview? Yes. Interesting. Because he was kind of mad that they spent $50,000 on a puppet for a bit that was later cut because it did really poorly in mm-hmm. test screenings. Yeah. I mean, if you got it like that, you got it like that. There, there's two things I want to say about this. One, it is very clear that they like cut something because this lobster thing happens and then it abruptly cuts to Machine Gun Kelly talking to a joint. Uh-huh. Voiced by Snoop Dogg. Voiced by Snoop Dogg. Uh, two... Do you have any idea who the voice of the lobster was? Because no. it's not in the credits. It's not in the credits, it's not Googleable, and it's not on IMDb. I will hang through your balls until you're 50 years old. What the fuck did you say, lobster? Your balls will be down at your ankles. I'm gonna get your ass. Get in here. I will give you such a nip. I was trying to figure out who this lobster was. For a solid 30 minutes last night. Interesting. I have no idea. Well, this is now a true crime podcast (laughs) where we hunt down these lobster puppets and find the voice. I can ask um, Maude when I meet him in March. Could you please? Yeah. Legitimately. Maude! I will. I I definitely will. (laughs) Who was the lobster? I will. I'll ask him. He'll tell me to. He gets a type. He gets a voice. (laughs) (laughs) So then... Olive turns up, coughs in everyone's face, and hands him, hands London his new phone and reminds him to read the Batman script. We have no sense of what time it is through most of this film. Yeah. I'm I'm 90% sure that we're told that the meeting with the agent is at 3 o'clock. Five. Five. No, no, no. When he first goes to see Whitney Cummings. I think it's five. No, the meeting with the uh, directors. The at meeting five. with the the directors at five. Uh, I think they say that the meeting with Whitney Cummings is at three. So two hours are going to pass in between right. <laughs> these two events. And I, I'm going to be honest. I have never uh, used marijuana. I have no idea how long being high lasts, how it works. Yeah. So I, I genuinely can't tell you how realistic or unrealistic any of this is. Because I genuinely don't know. I don't know either. My, my, I was told once that if I ever partake in marijuana, because it's not a thing I do, uh, to if I freak out to drink orange juice. Oh, I never heard that. Because the acidity, acidity of it is like good for you. Well, when I smoked, I needed to smell a, um, what's it called? Ammonia stick. Oh, really? Because I was not well. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, that... I'll include your bars about smoking weed. Okay. Yeah. Here. One time I smoked a blunt and I freaked out. Call the cops, try to rip my ex's eyes out. I ain't about that high life. I'd rather be at the bar, playing guitar at the club, shaking my dollar yard. I was um high for what felt like four hours, but it was only like 15 minutes. Like I was convinced that I was. Th- that it's been forever. Yeah. Like it feels like forever. It's not great. It's not not, not really into it. And that's why I don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I Googled it. Um, (laughs) Generally, the effect is strongest for about 10 minutes to half an hour. If you smoke a lot, you may still feel stoned for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. That's so much less time than I would have assumed. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, that's why people like smoke so much. Yeah. It's like they come mm -hmm. up and down. And then if you smoke a lot, 
Mm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't get invited to those parties. <laughs> so then London hand asks Olive to glue all the urns back together and hands her a trash bag full of urns and the ashes. And then informs her there's quote a bunch of arts and crafts shit in the garage. Yeah. And that glue better be organic. <laughs> so London is reunited with his phone. Apple's been texting him. And she's also worried that someone broke into her house. But by this point, London is far too high to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has come down. Yeah. He, like, calls her, though. And then it's yeah. just like, Bleh. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's saying. Yeah. So then he tells everyone except Angel to go to Calabasas and put the urns away. And which we've also established she has been home. Well, yes. I guess well, she might not have been home because someone sees the 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 safety pin truck leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they think that so maybe she Something just happened. heard yeah. that she hasn't been home yet. So Olive offers to drive. She's a comically small car. They end up in the safety pin car again. And the dumb stoners carefully put up the urns and see Apple. Uh, seeing a man out of her house and the man has a neck pillow and he's like a big dude. Meanwhile, which is literally a card we see like, meanwhile, on the way to the meeting, Olive drives them to the Batman meeting, hands him the script, parks the car, and then he gets a phone call from the stoner contingent that says, if you care about your relationship, you should go to Calabasas. Then Maxine, the agent, calls him. I love this part. This, this is a great scene. This yeah. is a great scene. And pulls up next to him as he says he's going to be late to the meeting and lies about the traffic jam oh, he's yeah. in. It was funny. As she stares a hole in him. Yeah. yeah. I'm yelling at Olive right now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> just go around. Drive faster. <laughs> and Olive's just like, mm-hmm. this is my dad. Olive actually like mimes touching yeah, the steering yeah. wheel, which well, is great. high too, right? Didn't, isn't this when Olive's like, am I high right now? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, not yet. So we're going to get there. Spoiler. <laughs> my bad. This is also, I have the note, tag yourself I'm Olive a few times through this because I've been the Olive in some of these situations. So he gets busted and then for some reason, Angel and London switch seats in the car and then drive away. Yeah. There is no reason for this part. There's no yeah. reason for either of them to get out of the car. I yeah. think it's just like a panic situation. Yeah. Like they're like, oh god, yeah, look at that. Do oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's very close to, oh no, pretend you're asleep. Yes. <laughs> when it comes to get just, in the back, just she won't leave her here. Now, I, I have to talk about what happens next, because I think that scene, as much as it's like one of my favorite scenes, I think it was added later. Okay. Because what happens next is uh, Machine Gun Kelly drives back to Apple's house. Mm-hmm. Well, he when he's talking to the stoner contingent on the phone, he says, don't let her leave. We've already seen that she's gone already. Right. At this point. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly drives to to the house and he's like, you let her leave? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's nothing we could do. She was gone when we called you. And then as he's like yelling at them, like, oh, what's going on with Apple? He takes his phone out and texts Apple like, we need to talk. And I was like, oh, yeah, he has his phone again. Yeah. And her number. 
that's weird. And he accidentally answers the phone is, when yeah. uh, Whitney Cummings calls. And he goes, who in the fuck, 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 I'm supposed to be at that meeting. He's like, what do you mean? How do you not know? That's what you left. Yeah. That's where you're coming from. Yes, maybe it was added. So it like it seems like something was mixed, mixed yeah. up in this, yeah. this moment. So, you know, he he tells his friends, like, I get if you guys don't want to be my friends anymore, if I choose true love over being Batman, maybe I don't want to be Batman. And everyone's like, You're dumb. Yeah, you want to be Batman. <laughs> so then London goes to the airport where Apple is and confronts the buff guy mm-hmm. who was with Apple. He's like, you trying to steal my girl? And Dennis Rodman standing there and just fil- is on live. Yeah, on Instagram. And films London getting punched in the face real hard. Yes. I don't think that guy was the guy that was with Apple, though. I think it just... No. Right, okay, okay. I, I also, I want to... We never see the face of the guy she's with. Yeah, but I don't think it. What that was, the guy. Yeah, because... it was just another large man with exactly, a neck pillow. Exactly. Yeah. But I do want to ask this: Machine Gun Kelly calls the airport runway. I know. And I said, "For how can I help you?" Hey, uh, are there any flights about to take off? Earth. Is there any buff dudes with a neck pillow at the airport right now? Uh, uh, yeah, there actually is, yes. Yeah, there is. Yo, please, uh, break the wing or some shit. I'm, I'm on my way. All right, bye. Have a good day. Yeah. Is that a person? Do you know that person? Because no. that was such a, like, a cameo spot. It was definitely a cameo-looking moment. I didn't even realize they, it, they showed a person. Oh, they do. They show, like, a person... Just stare like it's not a great performance for someone who only says three lines. Really? That I was just like, who is this man? I mean, it legitimately could be somebody somebody knows. Yeah. They were like, oh, we could really use like this quick. I wanna I'm actually looking it up to see. Very silly. Yeah, I wanna know. Workout demon, Drake look like Aiden Ross. Hmm, No idea. Um so he's been in some music videos. I, there's not a lot in IMDb. Let me see what I can find. So Aiden Ross. Yeah, A-D-I-N. Oh, he's a YouTuber. Oh. Um, you have no idea who that is. And I don't know why, but he was just uh, suspended from Twitch. Mm, great. What'd you do? He said he was saying controversial stuff. They're not really saying what he said. Or did. All right. I don't really know why he... I'm just, like, trying to look... We tried, guys. We tried like, to Maybe just friends. This. Could just be... Just some guy. Yeah, it sounds like he regularly has celebrities and live streams. Uh, so he regularly speaks. So he's probably someone they've worked with or know. Yeah. So, cool. We were just curious. So he gets punched. Dennis mm-hmm. Robin films it on live. Mm-hmm. And then Sabrina the Stalker, do you guys remember her from like an hour ago? <laughs> uh, comes out of literally nowhere and maces Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Okay. Thank uh, God for her. Yeah. And, she, I mean, not the guy who punched London. The guy who was filming him. 
I think because she cares so much about his career, she's like, oh no, like this is going to mm. be bad for him. He just got beat up. He looks weak. Looks seven days. Is this a character you identify with, Sean? No. Sabrina or <laughs> London? No. Oh. Sabrina, no. Definitely not. Yeah. Sabrina does some surgery, just does some quick stitch work. Yeah. Because her parents are doctors. Yes, but we've actually just been discussing this trope, the first aid trope of, um, a friend sent me a tweet about uh, the first, like, that, that, like, it's commonly used in fiction of generally a female character patching up a generally male character and it being used to set up male vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And we actually do see in this scene between Sabrina and London kind of moments of connection between the two of them. Yeah. And he asks her why she sits outside his house, informs her like she doesn't really know him. And then they talk about like, she does know all this trivia about him. So she's very much a commentary on the parasocial relationships between fans and celebrities and how she knows him on a very surface level. She knows what She's gleaned from interviews. Yeah, it's like, here's your favorite drink. Here's Adam's song right. by Blink-182, all yeah. this other stuff. I will have to say that this is the second musician-directed Razzie film with a stalker plot. It's actually handled considerably better in this film. Uh, I this, I feel like this movie came off a little pro-stalker. It's just like, you know, when you're really down... Your stalker's there to help you. He does yeah. say exactly that. Like, yeah. When no one else is around, there's your stalker. I, I kind of thought it was meant to be a tongue-in-cheek joke. Yeah. Well, there, there's a moment that I think is a, a wasted moment where he asks for something. Like, do you have uh, Advil or something? He's like, oh, there's something in the glove box. Mm-hmm. And I actually said out loud, here comes a bit. Yeah. Because I expected... He opens the glove box and then it was like, oh, right, she's crazy. Right. It was going to be gonna a bunch be like, of, like, his, like... His hair or something. Right. Yeah, it was going to yeah. be a bunch of, like, weird, creepy... I mean, but it was gloves. <laughs> Instead, it was just gloves. He's like, that's a lot of gloves. He's like, it is a glove box. He's yeah, like, but to me, uh, <laughs> I was like, she's creepy. Like, she has to wear gloves because she, like, touches his house and stuff. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. I mean... She's all touching his house and stuff. So she's like, ooh, gutters. <laughs> she's trying to comfort him. He's calling Apple and then tells Sabrina, you know, you're actually cool. Like, I'm down to be friends. And for a second, you think this whole storyline's going to resolve. And then Apple shows up and slams her hand on the hood of the car. And he tries to get out and Sabrina throws herself at him and goes, like, I have two first class tickets to Cancun. We'll run away together. And it looks bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he kind of comes back at Apple like, my friend saw a dude leave your house with you. And it turns out Luca, who sent her flowers and left her house, is her stylist. Mm-hmm. And we find out that the titular good morning was in fact a typo. And he goes, well, what about you saying you didn't want to do this over the phone? And he goes, she's like, I, I like you and I like waking up with you. Mm-hmm. So sweet. <laughs> and he tries to get her to not leave. She run like she drives away, and then there's a great moment where he yells the f word, and then tries to double back. Realizes that's where Sabrina goes, and goes, "Nope, not going that way." Yeah, not that way. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, while this is all happening, Maxine is meeting with the director, and Leo shows up wearing gloves and an elephant mask we saw briefly earlier, 
And they're trying to claim that London is method. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. just being method. Yeah. So they use the character, and it's a bit, because they're using Leo, who is the person who looks the least like London possible. Yes. Yeah. While the rest of the... the and Tom Arnold is the famous director. Tom freaking Arnold is <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if John Arnold's ever been in a good film in his life. <laughs> so meanwhile, the rest of the stoners are sitting in the car that is very much hotboxed. Yeah. And Olive sits there and her eyes get very big. And she goes, am I high right now? And then they chant, you're sitting in a blunt. You're sitting in a blunt. And she's just like. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> So she's just, like, kind of unhappy with the situation. And then he gets a call. Uh, we, we go back to London at his house, and he gets a call from Maxine. Mm-hmm. What happens next is about five minutes of Whitney Cummings leaving a voicemail that has some of my favorite improv in this film. Uh, I, before we get into that, we do have to mention oh, that... Yes. Uh, Modson mm-hmm. and uh, Leo get arrested. Yes, they do. Uh, in this weird thing, because the car was seen outside Apple's home, so they think they're the ones that broke in. Because they, they were. Which they were. Yeah. But Modson gets out of Ew. the back. Modson. <laughs> Thank you. Modson. Uh, <laughs> He's doing it on purpose. Yes. <laughs> the son of Mod. Modern Sunshine. Moving on dreams, stand under none. That's what it stands for. Continue. Excuse me. Gets out of the car and he gets out of the, like, the back seat. And they're like, (laughs) the cop's like, come here, Sonic. Yeah. (laughs) Or Stoner Smurf. Yeah. Stoner Smurf, come here. Sonic's a better, Sonic's a better (laughs) Sonic is what uh, Pete Davidson calls him later. Yes. (laughs) But. That makes sense. Pete Davidson probably would tell a better joke than. Random guy. He, he gets arrested, and then Leo rolls up like, what's going on? And then he gets arrested, and the cops never look inside the car. Mm-hmm. Where more people are. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's weird, right? Stoner movie. This could have been... The cops aren't stoned. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, so much have been like, eh, but there were people in that car. Yeah, right. <laughs> he didn't get out of the driver's seat. <laughs> he got out of the back seat. <laughs> yeah, all of us were sitting there just... Of course there's more people in the car. They're facing the windshield. You can see them. You can see them. <laughs> Just small plot hole in this film. A little bit. So so then we're we're treated to Maxine's voicemail. Yeah. Firing him as a client. That includes um a lot of implications about London's sexual prowess or lack thereof. Yes. And I'm not even entirely sure you can read. And then she calls him illiterate several times. Also, I'm not entirely sure you can read. There, I said it, okay? You crooked dick, fucking illiterate hillbilly. I think you're illiterate, which would explain why he had to Google the word morning. And he is unable to read the script. Unable or unwilling? He looks at it, he's like, me, me, not me. I saved the day. Great script. Okay. Yeah. Noah. Maybe he can't read. Noah. Yeah? You've been an actor. <laughs> what have you done when you've gotten a script after you've gotten cast in something? 
Me, 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 not me. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Me again. Right. We've all done it. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a little bit more serious about the craft. <laughs> okay. Than you guys. Um, or maybe we're... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, maybe, like, because uh, Sean and I are female, we kind of uh, had to prize when we got cast more often because we couldn't just walk into roles in our high school and yeah. be like, I'm a boy. Give me the lead, please. Literally. Yes. I was also going to say, like, maybe me and Laura are just, like, better than you. Like, you have to sit there and, like, read. But, like, we're just like, oh, that's me. Okay. Like, I got my line. Next. Well, And I, also some people, when they go really method, uh, they don't want to know what's happening in scenes they're not in because I wouldn't know this is happening. Right. Because if yeah. I'm in the Crucible, I don't want to see what's going on with between John Proctor and Abigail because I don't know this as right. Elizabeth. Yep. So it's called acting. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Noah. <laughs> Noah's going to have a hard time. <laughs> Just wait till next episode. <laughs> so I'll Thank approach- God Sean was here. <laughs> <laughs> to use that situation. Noah knows he's in trouble. So Olive comes in and is like, I'm done. And London goes, yeah, I quit too. And she goes, no, like, I'm done for the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been at work for 12 hours. Yeah. Don't I turn a light on? Because <laughs> he's sitting in the dark being miserable. Yeah. So then he goes out to sad boy cry. And I call him Bojack Horseman repeatedly. Yeah. Because I'm like, Bojack. oh, he's baby Bojack. Yeah, he's a baby Bojack Horseman. So then Angel and Fat Joe come out and they're trying to, like, console London. And London looks around and goes, where are Leo and Dylan? Oh, uh, yeah, they're in jail. Mm-hmm. So then we see Kennedy in her, on her couch, cheerfully swiping through Tinder. And then her phone rings, and she has the most relatable line in the entire film. Don't wanna. <laughs> London, hi, we need you. And then he blames her for moving out and causing all of his problems. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's also this moment where she's like, fine, where are you? And he goes, outside your house, which we know is also outside his house. Yes, it is. Because it's across the street. Yes. And then Kennedy comes out and Fat Joe's like, I have to use your bathroom. It's like, right, you could have just used bathroom right, right. There. Yeah. Doesn't he say, can I take a piss in your new house? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, as someone who does not like people in my space. Not a nope. fan of this moment, no. Nope, nope, nope. So... Kennedy goes and bails out Leo and Dylan because she's the only one sober enough to go in and handle that. Right. They're all going to go out and party and celebrate. And they ask Kennedy what she's doing. She was like, I'm calling an Uber so I can go home because I hate you all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, fair. And so they're in the car trying to find where Apple is. She's posted an Instagram that implies she's at a party. At YG's house. And meanwhile, Dylan is sitting there just watching Dennis Rodman's live repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So over this whole scene, we get the audio of London getting punched repeatedly. <laughs> yes. So they get to the party and they all have to do a line. What we assume at this point is Coke to enter the party. Yeah. So they do the line and they go in. And we get a scene that I actually love where they go in and there's a girl laying on an altar mm-hmm. and they're like, to truly be famous, you must accept. And they're back to sacrifice her. And London interrupts this. Are you okay? <laughs> and she goes, yep. <laughs> and he goes, okay, be safe. 
All right, let's get back at it. And having, <laughs> and having been to parties where, like, you just walk in and weird stuff's going on, it's very relatable to be like, be safe. Well, yeah, right. What party did you go to? That's not an on mic conversation. <laughs> Wait, can we just go back to what, uh, something here? Sure. Yeah. So the, at this point in the movie is when I started to, like, not, I started to feel a certain type of way. Okay. okay. Because, like I had mentioned, Matson is sober. And his drug of choice was cocaine. Okay. So I, I, as a person, felt some sort of way about, like, watching him fake snort a line. Yeah. Like, it just upset me. Because, again, I couldn't separate the character from Monson. Right. So, like, I felt a little bit disconnected at this point and, like, weird. And I was like, man, like, I didn't want to ever watch that. Yeah, gotcha. You know? You don't want to see him, like, fall off the wagon. Exactly. And I was, like, nervous. And I'm like, is this going to make him, like, spiral back into it? But, yeah, I just wanted to throw that little piece in there. Because I felt a little disconnected at this point. Yeah, it's really tough. um, Because this very much does feel like it's reliant on your relationship with the actors Mm -hmm. which i might which might be why you and i feel very different ways about the film because Mm -hmm. i didn't really have a relationship with a lot of these actors yeah like i everything i've learned about machine gun kelly is tabloid crap i've learned against my will Mm -hmm. yeah so to me like if all i'm seeing is like tabloid stories that just happen to come across twitter because i'm not really seeking out information about him I don't have the highest opinion right. of him. Right, exactly, yeah. So, and like Mod son, I literally have only heard of through you. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's not really coming up as tabloid father. No. no. I just don't know anything about him. He's yeah. a lovely human being. I don't, so, I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about his dad, Mod. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're all Hilarious. very, very high at this party. <laughs> and we see... Drake. that instead. Well, he's mod. And he wrote a song about him. It's called Smith, and it's the saddest. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't no, it's okay. Bring stuff up. No, it's all right. I know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> so, Drake shows up. Drake, Drake does not show up. No. <laughs> In universe, they repeatedly called him Drake. Mm-hmm. It is fake Drake. It's fake Drake. Fake with Drake a snake. has a fake looking snake that's a real snake that murders Angel. <laughs> you know, uh, it was supposed to be Drake. Oh, really? Yes, they'd actually gotten in touch with Drake, uh, but Drake had some. He was not going to be in LA at this time, so the original date they wanted to do it, he could make, but then they had to change up the dates. And Drake was like, look, I'll do it. And I'll do it for, like, next to nothing. But you guys need to pay for a jet to take Mm. me from Toronto, where I currently am, to L.A. and back. And they said it was most of the movie's budget to try to do that. Oh, wow. So it was I got a quick quote of a private jet between Toronto and Mm. L.A. because I was curious. It would have been about $75,000, which, to be entirely fair, after you spent $50,000 in two lobster puppets, uh, there's not much left of the budget of this movie. And how much that fake snake cost. Yeah, as well, because there was a fake snake pub. It was pretty. So we had a fake snake with fake Drake because Drake couldn't make the date. Correct. Got it. Because he was out of state. Got Because he was out of state. I did that one take. <laughs> Laura's not having as good a time as I am in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
So they lose Fat Joe in what is called a K-hole. He is tripping and they can't get him out of it. Well, it's important to know that none of what we saw happened. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 They didn't even get inside. Angel did not actually get murdered by a snake. And the woman who had given them the lines initially called security and was like, yeah, you can't hang with this party. Mm -hmm. So uh, they lose Fat Joe in a K-hole and take him to Barry. Yes. Played by Pete Davidson. Because we established early on that he's really good at getting people out of bad trips. Mm-hmm. And then Barry goes, oh yeah, your girl just got here. And they're like, oh my God. Apple's here? Apple's here. Yeah. Nope. No such luck for poor Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy is at this hotel. Uh, so they're just going to go to her room with a unbelievably stoned uh, Fat Joe. Mm-hmm. And Barry's coming. And Barry's stoked. Barry's stoked to be here. So happy. So, it Barry, Pete Davidson in this movie is giving off the same energy that he gives in Murderville, where he's like, I'm just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't read any of the script. He's playing himself. Yeah, I'm just going yeah, to be He's here. playing himself. Yeah. 100%. Did you watch the episode of Murderville he's on? No. You would very much <laughs> like it. Noted. Very I will watch it. Pete Davison is going to Pete Davison. Mm-hmm. He is very much in full Pete Davison flower. I in love that it. Film. Mm-hmm. I love it. Or in that TV show. And Barry is just, he kind of prepares to get Fat Joe out of his cable. He's like, he sends Dylan to the bathroom. Yeah. And again, I think there's a lot of points where we get Dylan written out or written off a scene so that Mod Sun can actually just direct them. Yeah, he gets I, sidelined a lot. And I was upset at first because I was like, I want to see him. Like, mm-hmm. why is he not a bigger character? But that's definitely it. He was just behind the camera. Yeah, it was so that he could... Uh, because directing and starring in a movie at the same time is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. So I think he's doing. He's making a very responsible choice of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take myself out of this so that I can, you know, actually tell people what's going on. Yeah. So Barry sends him to the bathroom. He takes a bunch of deep breaths. He asks for water because he's so dehydrated. His pee is dark brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he just slaps the absolute crap out of Fat Joe. <laughs> yeah. Who snaps out and he's like, hey, what's up? Yep. So then they, they try to figure out why Kennedy's at a hotel. She's just moved out into a house. Turns out when... Uh, when Leo is it no, Leo? It's, it's Fat Joe. It's Fat Joe. Okay, when Fat Joe goes to pee in her new house, she's like, "Did you wash your hands?" And he's like, "Yeah, I remember washing my hands." And we see a flashback of him washing his hands, Plugging talking about the all sink. these rings. And she goes, "Did you turn the water off?" Hmm. No. Whoops. So Kennedy's brand new house is flooded. So she throws all of them out. She's like, "I want to stay in this hotel. Get out. Leave me alone." And then. She throws Dylan. Oh, Barry's like, yeah, Kennedy and I'll get to it. And she's like, no, 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 you're leaving too. Throws them all out and then remembers Dylan's in her bathroom, goes into her bathroom, opens the door and shoves him out too. And he runs into Avril Lavigne in the hallway, who earlier in the film, he claimed had written the song Skater Boy about him. Yeah. So he runs into Avril Lavigne and she's like, it's you. And then she makes out with him furiously and goes, I wrote Skater Boy about you. And he's like, yeah. But none of the other characters see this. Right. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, we know that they're engaged. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. is why I don't like Monson because he clearly broke up Avril Lavigne and Nickelback. 
Yeah, that that's it definitely had nothing to do with her. She couldn't be the problem. <laughs> I oh, do you hate Avril Lavigne because she's engaged to Monson? No, I do not hate Avril Lavigne. I've always liked Avril Lavigne as, you yeah. know, I like yeah. I wore ties and everything. Yeah, I remember when you used to wear ties. Yeah, I, I also did. Yeah, and like 2003, y'all. I like her a lot. The, my issue with Avril is that I feel as though she does not actually like Matsan, and it bothers me. And I have a bunch of reasons why I feel that way. If you'd like to hear one. I'd like to hear yeah, two. Yeah, I have no idea. You'd like to hear two. I'd like to hear exactly Okay, two. so she got her star on the Hollywood Walk of, Walk of Fame. Yeah. And she didn't even have Matsan stand with her. She had... Um, John Feldman stand with her and MGK stand with her. Who's John and, Feldman? Uh, her producer, a uh, Goldfinger okay. guy. Okay. Um, and I thought that was really weird because mm. Matsum was just kind of like over in the corner. Um, and there's been other times where they're like on a red carpet type of situation and they'll be taking pictures together and he'll be like, give me a kiss and she won't do it. And you would think that if you were like, you would think you'd want to kiss your fiance and it mm. just bothers me because... I think he is. She might not be into PDA. I mean, was she really? Did she kiss Nickelback a lot? The whole band? I'm unsure. I no. The lead singer Chad? of Nickelback's name is Nickelback. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you not know that? Good to know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that he he's very much in love with her, and I just I I am worried about him. That's all. Okay. But listen, if he's happy, he's happy, and okay. I support it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I think? I think Avril Lavigne stole lobster puppets. Maybe. I'm going to throw that out there right now. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to say it's I'm going to find out on more when you, if Yeah. Throw that idea. It's like, check Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Like you, I think you should ask her where I will. those puppets are. Yeah, I will. Believe me, I will. <laughs> I'm saying something to them. <laughs> so, uh, they then see that Apple has posted... A milkshake that they think is from a specific diner. Mm-hmm. So they go to the diner, and the waitress immediately makes fun of them. Despite the fact that she has, like, a very, um... She, her, she's like the space buns. You and spend the, a lot of time with this waitress. She looks at them and goes, was there a flash sale at Hot Topic? Mm-hmm. And to be entirely fair, if you look at them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And she asks if they want panic at the disco pancakes, mm-hmm. which yeah. I will figure out how to make. Um, Why doesn't she say panic at the disco fries? Oh, because yeah. disco fries are not a thing outside of a very specific uh, geographic region that happens to be the one we live in. Oh, disco really? fries are not a thing outside of the uh, like Jersey Philly diner area. I thought that was a Canadian thing. That's poutine. They would never refer to them as disco fries. They would be referred to as poutine. Interesting. Oh, all right. I love when Lara has answers to Yeah. My question slash jokes. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> so speaking of things I relate to deeply, Olive shows up in a onesie after they uh after they all are sat in a booth, and she shows up and she's like, she's wearing a pink bunny onesie. And she goes, "I'm not a furry." This, this is for sleeping. I was asleep. No one's ever, I've never had sex in this. Maxine called me and said, if I didn't hand you the phone, she was going to cut my dick off. Mm-hmm. Maxine has threatened to cut London's dick off at least twice already. Yeah. And it was him having gotten the Batman job because he got punched in the face. 
Yep. And then he and Maxine tell each other they love each other. <laughs> and we made such a big deal out of the fact that London had only told Apple. Mm-hmm. It's very weird to be like, oh yeah, he's just telling Maxine. Yeah. I mean, he's he so weird and awkward. Yeah, he's like, I love you. Wait, what? Why did I say that? Like, and then they hang up and Maxine just looks at the phone and goes, please don't get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> please don't get canceled. So everyone celebrates. Olive wants her phone back and pieces out of the rest of the film in her bunny onesie. He calls Apple, who's still angry at him over the episode with Sabrina, and asks her to meet him where they had their first kiss. So they're going to meet in half an hour where they had their first kiss. And he is texting and driving and waffles over whether to say I love you via text message. And while this happens, he gets into a head-on collision. Mm-hmm. With Apple. With Apple. And his airbag doesn't go off. Yeah. That's a plot hole. Uh, and I actually made the joke. I was like, don't touch the driver. You're going to get into an accident. And then he does. He yes, gets to a full-on head-on car accident with the girl he's coming yeah. to see. Yeah. And did you see the way that the um, windshield you, broke? Oh, but by all means, explain. Yes. I, I do have a note about this, but absolutely go. It was hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... The Eight of Swords from the opening credits flutters across. Yeah. And lands on the heart. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) I'm really not sure. So if we go with the idea that the Eight of Swords reveals that you feel trapped and restricted by your circumstances. Yes. It can be that he is finally kind of broken out of his rut. That's kind of. He's with Apple. He's. Does it land upside down? It lands so that we can see it, so it lands facing into the windshield. Okay. Yeah. So upside down to someone spectating from there, but the camera angle we clearly see. Yeah. It. Okay, because like if it's when I say upside down, I don't mean like I mean like the picture's upside down because oh. if it's upside down, it's supposed to mean the reverse of what it means. So it means uh, self-limiting release, releasing negative thoughts to open a new perspectives when it's inverted. Yes. And I believe it does fall inverted. Yeah. So. At this point, it can be, like, him kind of setting himself free from his limitations. So they wake up in the same hospital room. She looks over and smiles and says, good morning. Mm. So she, cute. She woke up next to him. And that's all she wanted. That's all she wanted, just to wake up next to him. And then the credits roll. We get the cutscene of the lobster puppet. Yeah. I, I, when, when that was the end of the movie, I laughed really hard. <laughs> I'm just like, really? This is okay. And then we do get a post-credit scene. Do you want to talk about the post-credit scene? The post-credit scene is very confusing. They they are in the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. They're both like in like neck colors. And then you hear cut. And this is actually the ending of Good Bad People. Did yeah. you see this? Yeah, yeah I saw okay. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Machine Gun Kelly stands up. Turns out he's actually British. And is just like, this doesn't make any sense. This is bad. Uh-huh. You mean to tell me the plot is that he gets a typo and he doesn't learn anything. Yeah. And he still ends up being Batman. And there's like meta commentary that his film is bad. Uh-huh. Which, I don't know if it works. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was kind of funny. I I thought it was a little bit of a 
a way of trying to kind of back out of the movie. Like, well, if you thought this was bad, it was supposed to be bad. We talked about how bad the finale was the whole time. Yeah. Huh? Get it? Yeah, it, it. There's part of me that was like, this is kind of clever. And then there's the other part of me is like, oh, this is a get out of jail free card where you could just be like, oh, you didn't like it. That was on purpose. I don't know. I just don't view him and Maude to be that way. Like, I just don't think they would write it that way. So uh, we're going to play one of my favorite Razzie games now. Oh. Uh, guess the Rotten Tomatoes number. Oh. What do you think, Sean? Well, it's going to be low, which is stupid, but like, wait, the lower is the worst, right? Lower yeah. is the worst, yeah. yeah. To tell how fresh Like, 100% is like a Pixar movie. Yeah. Okay. So what, what do you think? I knew the answer, so. 19. Oh, lower. Really? Yup. Five. Lower. Oh my gosh. Two? It has a zero. It has a zero. That, to me. That's a... God, people are so... It only has like seven reviews though, right? Yes. Now I will say... I'm gonna get on there. Uh, <laughs> the user's this, rating is like a 50-something, right? 59. Uh, this does not have... This was not screened for critics, so a lot of yeah. the... A lot of your primary reviewers never reviewed it. Like your New York Times. Mm. It was not screened for critics. It was simultaneously on VOD and theaters. Mm. Which makes sense because it made very little money. In yeah, and it was only in select theaters. Yeah, it was right. a very limited release. And it made $21,000 in its entire theatrical run. Uh, that being said, at least the movie had the awareness to also not have a crazy high budget. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we kind of sprinkled most of the trivia and most of the research I had done kind of throughout. Yeah. So, I don't have anything, like, ending that's like, surprise! Does Sean, do you have anything to add about this film that you could tell us? Like, about the film itself? Yeah, or? do you have a f- any, like, fun facts mm-hmm. about this film? Because you said well, you followed it from, like, the beginning, Yeah, right? so, like, one thing that I would I would consider a fun fact is that, um, so, when Modson posts on Instagram, or really anywhere, he ends everything with the word movie. So, he'll, let's say when him and Avril got engaged, it would be like, I'm engaged, movie. I'm like, my album's coming out, movie. Oh, so he doesn't, I thought he worked it in. He just says movie. He just says movie. At the end of every single thing that he posts... And it's because he considers his life a movie and he wants to remember his life as a movie. So when he dies, he can play it back in his head, which is cool. Okay. So as soon as like they posted the script for Good Morning, he was like, I'm actually like making a movie. And I thought that was really Mm -hmm. cool because he's super into it. And then he put out his documentary, which he also called a movie. I don't know if you've watched it. It's called Remember Me Just Like This. It's on YouTube. It's fantastic. Um, So I thought that was really cool that it like just tied back into his life. That like Mm -hmm. he's making a movie and he wants his entire life to be a movie. Um, Another thing. He doesn't like his birth name. Okay. Which is Derek. He wished that his mom named him Dylan. So I liked that his name was Dylan in the film. Mm -hmm. Because he got to like live that person. Um, He's a big Bob Dylan fan. So... Uh, sidebar, he wants you to send him a voice note of you saying, God save the teen, and email it to his address. Wait, what? Uh, I pulled up Monson's Twitter, and he just posted, making the intro for my set. If you want to be a part of it, send a voice note of you saying, God save the teen, 
to gsttintro at gmail.com. Okay, well, I have to do that, so can we wrap this up? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about I to was just I thought you were saying, like, Monson just went on the Twitter. You said, hey, Sean Bullitt, yeah. can you do this real quick? Right. And whatever um, you do, don't do a podcast about my film. Right. I also liked, I want to throw in that one of the songs in the film was a Monson song that was not yet released. Oh. Okay. Which I thought was really cool. It's it has since been released, but I really liked like little Easter eggs of like what was coming musically for both mm-hmm. of them, because a lot of it was MGK as well. Yeah, because uh, Montan literally just put out an album. Yes, and it is great. Uh, now I will say this because uh, I think this is going to lead to more discussion than it usually does. What we do on the show is at the end, if you think this is worth watching, you give it a stay tuned. Mm-hmm. If you think it was not worth watching, you give it a stay doomed. Okay. So what would you give this movie? Can I have two different answers? Yeah. If you are a fan of MGK, Matsun, then stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Anyone else, stay doomed because it's just not worth like. It's just because, not for you. Right. It's not for you. And like, mm-hmm. as a fan, you'll like it for what it is. Yeah. Even if it's not, like, a fantastic work of art. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always say with these Razzie movies that you really shouldn't hold it against the film if it's what it promises to be. Right, yeah. Like, one of the, the Razzie winners is a movie called Movie 43, which was supposed to be a gross-out film. Mm-hmm. And then it was a gross-out film. People were like, this is bad. It's like, that's what they told you it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Don't be mad. This is very much a stoner film with a bunch of, like, who's the next cameo going to be? Right, yeah. Uh, which is why I was so upset about the fact that they gave away Dennis Rodman and they gave yeah. away Avril Lavigne and all that other stuff. Uh, I would say, personally, not a big fan of either of these individuals. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know a lot about I don't really know a lot about uh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. There were moments where I was like, you know, if they weren't the ones making this film, Mm -hmm. like, I think there's moments where I was like, I think Machine Gun Kelly would be funny in a movie. Yeah. Like, if I just saw him in a movie, that'd be funny. Uh, There's only one moment where I got upset at at Modson as a director. There's one moment where they're filming in, like, a stairwell and i'm like yo mod son buy a tripod because mm. they're a little it's a little shaky a little shaky cam yeah but overall there's some like very nice directing choices in this like yeah. the the switch to the high speed camera when he gets hit with the water balloon is nice uh-huh. uh if it wasn't a i'm gonna throw my friends into this and me and my friends are gonna make a movie if a movie was presented to Modson like we want you to direct this yeah i think he would do a good job yeah which is something that he actually does for music videos like he okay. directs other people's music videos so it's i think a lot of the problems with this is the writing mm-hmm. and it comes from two guys who have never written a movie before. yeah mm-hmm. and i think had a studio picked this up and there was some outside force like hey this doesn't make sense. Right, yeah. We gotta fix this. I think this could have really been something. Yeah. But, like, the point of this is the whole movie is kind of a victory lap to the fact that they made a movie. And yeah. if you're into that, sure. Yeah. Not really for me. Uh, I think it's, for, as it stands right now, I think it's a stay doomed. But I think... 
if Madsen continues to make movies as a director and uh, Machine Gun Kelly continues to act, there's a chance that they will both have great careers and this will be a really fun curio to be like, oh, you like Madsen as a director? You ever see his first movie? Yeah, right. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I think this film... I think the heavily improvised format for a stoner comedy is very, very difficult to pull off if you're not experienced in that. And Mm -hmm. I don't get the impression... A lot of these people are not even experienced actors, much less experienced improvisers. Uh, It's why Whitney Cummings' scenes stand out so much, is she's a lot better at the format. So I think this movie is pretty much a stay doomed, but I also understand I'm very much not the audience for this. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, where would you put it up against Pinocchio? Uh, I laughed during this movie at least once, so it's better than Pinocchio. I laughed on purpose. Yeah. yeah like it attempted to make me laugh and I laughed. <laughs> Whitney, like Pinocchio where I laughed, like, what are they doing? Whitney Cummings. Um, Whitney Cummings. Oh my God. I love her. Yeah. She's great. great in this film. Yeah. she was. Uh, so this is definitely above Pinocchio. Yeah, I would definitely. This was also shorter than Pinocchio, and I appreciate that. See, yeah, love a short movie. Yeah, short Short ass ass movie. movie. Yeah, you've seen that, right? No. Oh, Pete Davidson has a song song. called "Short Ass Movie." Oh wait, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. This (laughs) is like like, what? This seems like your exact brand. (laughs) Yes, yeah, short ass movie. I will say it felt long for me a little bit, like when we finally have the the confrontation between uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Apple. Where she's like, it was a typo. I was like, okay, cool. And I paused it. I was like, how is there still a half hour to this movie? Mm. This seems like the end of this film. Right, yeah, this should be over now. What? I I almost feel like this is a bad film, but at times it felt like a web series that was all just stitched together into a movie. Because yeah, like, there's just like events happen mm-hmm. that all could have been like standalone things. And there are parts of this where I was like, this would have been, if you cut it down a bit, a decent TV pilot. Yeah. Because all these characters are very quirky, but you don't have enough time to explore all All of them. them. Yeah, I agree. And like, you're setting up like the continued relationship between Olive and London Mm -hmm. that you could explore more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still don't understand the food names. Would love an explanation of that. All right, so when I meet Monson in March, I'll ask him about the lobsters. Yes, who voiced the lobsters? Uh, Where are the puppets? Right, who voiced the lobsters? Where are the puppets? Have you checked Avril's house for that? Have you checked Avril? And what's with the food names? What's with the food names? And uh, you know what? I'll ask about the tarot card, too. All right, cool. He'll talk to me, too. Yeah? We talked for a pretty long time last Uh, time. Yeah, how much time do you get with Monson? I got, well, I mean, I don't have that long, but I probably have like five minutes. But my plan is... I'm going to have him draw on my arm because he's also an artist. Right. So I'm going to have him draw my arm so I can go get it tattooed over the next day. So okay. while he's drawing, I'll ask him all of these questions. Okay. Cool. Just, gonna, you don't, just be careful because like if he's got lobsters on the brain, you might just draw a lobster. He might. I don't care what it is. Okay. He could draw anything. Avril Lavigne? Sure. <laughs> Whatever. You mean Melissa? Let's not get into it. Is... Do you not believe? Do you not know this? The conspiracy that Avril Lavigne oh, is it, dead and she's dead. Is it dead and it's a, it's a replaced person? Yeah, 100%. Yes, I know this. Well, you believe this? A hundred percent. Okay. 
I don't have a, I don't have any data on my end. We should start a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first, true crime. Where are the lobster puppets? Yep. Then true crime. Where's the real Adam Levine? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Sean, you're you're new to to this. I am whole thing. I am. Do you have any like plugs? You uh, you know, let's see. I as as Laura mentioned, I am a singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. So you can find me on all streaming platforms under Shawnee Holahan. That's Shawnee like the mountain and Holahan like the restaurant or like TV's Noah. Whatever. <laughs> I also say Holahan's like the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, so, I have yeah. to. Do you say Noah like the Ark? Noah like the Ark. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's every time I'm on with customer service. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, and also, I'm in an email cover band, mm-hmm. Senior Citizens. Um, you can find us on all socials. That's about it. Cool. Sean, thank you so much for being here. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks I, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, thank you to uh, our wonderful patrons who, who pay to be part of the, the our cool Discord and all that other stuff. Especially Matthew. Thank you so much for being a cool patron. Uh, if you want to be one of our patrons, hit on to patreon.com slash plus two comedy and uh, you can sign up there it's a lot of fun and you talk to us it's a good time Laura where can people find us you can email us at staydoomshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. yes and uh, next week we will be watching another Risey film we haven't decided which one yet so it'll probably be in the description yeah and if you want to talk to me about the loving relationship between Avril Lavigne and Nickelback I'm at plus two comedy <laughs> If everything you've learned about everything we've discussed has been solidly against your will, I'm at priorities. (laughs) Until next time, stay tuned.